Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. And we are back. Welcome to episode 21 of Find Your Hum. I'm Kirsty, your host, and I am so excited to bring you more episodes of this podcast. My hiatus was a little longer than anticipated, but the space I created in my life over the past few months has really helped me pull together some big learnings from what has been a pretty hectic 18 months before then. You will notice some changes to the podcast artwork. I've spent some of the past few months diving into my business more to gain more clarity on what it is that I do and how I help people. The process was amazing. I not only have more focus in my business, I also have a greater sense of who I am and what I can give back to those that I work with. And I have really leaned into, actually, no, I would say grabbed and owned the fact that I do nutrition in a way that is a little different. When helping people heal their symptoms or conditions, I look at the physical reasons this is happening, but I also dive deep into my clients' emotional and mental well-being. Because like it or not, our body does hold on to emotions, and this can often be a huge barrier in being our healthiest selves. Now, I used to shy away from this, worried that people wouldn't take me seriously. I used to shy away from this, worried that people wouldn't take me seriously. But after the work I did with Catherine from Nomad Altier and really diving into understanding myself better through astrology, I know that I was born to do this. Working with people in this way allows me to more comprehensively help them heal. I mean, I have a health science degree. I literally know how the body works all the way down to the minute cellular level. Just because I also work on the energetic level of healing doesn't make my ability to work on the physical any less. It does sometimes make it hard to be consistent with my messaging though because science and spirituality have become almost worlds apart. But way back when, they were actually started off together. So I am going to keep trying to bridge science and spirituality back together again. Now, today's guest is Hannah Truman. She is a dear friend and honestly a true inspiration in her passion for food. You absolutely need to head to her Instagram page and get lost in the beauty that she brings out in the food that she makes. No word of a lie, you can see that everything she creates is made with love. Hannah and I both went to uni together. So like myself, she is a holistic nutritionist. Her jam it really is with brain health, cognitive function, and using nutrition to improve mental health. As you will hear throughout this chat, Hannah really wants to move the focus of nutrition from being about weight management to really helping people heal their relationships with food and themselves. Whilst everything she does is evidence-based and underpinned by science, 
Her intention is to inspire people to make long-lasting changes in the way they eat and the way they think about food from a place of love. And honestly, her Instagram absolutely nails that, rather than it being from a place of fear or restriction. And honestly, just trying to be kinder to ourselves, each other, and the world around us. I mean, how are you not going to fall in love with this lady? Hannah and I both landed in the UK after finishing our degrees. And even though we haven't been able to physically catch up, it's been wonderful knowing that you have a friend that is experiencing what has been a whirlwind of a year with you. I mean, we are currently in lockdown number three and we recorded this in lockdown number three. So we do speak a little bit about that. We had the most wonderful chat and covered lots of topics, including staying sane in lockdown, the wonder and beauty of food, the expansiveness of health. It is so much more than what we put into our mouths. The absolute wonder of the body and how there is a place for both natural and allopathic medicine particularly in some of those more complicated and layered conditions. We also talk about eating disorders. Now, if this chat does trigger you, please reach out to the Butterfly Foundation in Australia or Mind in the UK. And I also highly suggest heading over to connect with Hannah on Instagram. The way that she has with food is something to behold. Her handle is gypsy underscore kitchen. And if you love this episode, please take a screenshot and pop it on your Insta stories, tagging us both. Hannah, what was it like where you grew up? Where I grew up, very northeast of England, so pretty much as north as you can get before Scotland. Um, It's very cold, but I, I don't remember it being as cold as what I feel it now. Um, really beautiful, just surrounded by like fields of mud and stone walls and horses. And um, I love that. And I think that was where I found my sort of love for the outdoor world. And it's it's still where I go when I'm kind of struggling or if I want to process something. And I think it's really important and uh, not just for me, but I, I think that everyone can benefit from that. And I hope it's, you know, that connection to the outside world, I hope it's not lost through this sort of digital age that we're in at the moment. Um, but yeah, that's really, that's all I kind of remember from my childhood is just animals and being outside and being covered in mud, basically. That's a wonderful way to remember your childhood, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's probably pretty much like if anyone follows you on Instagram, it's pretty much how you live your life now too. Yeah, definitely. And I think throughout lockdown, I've just even more um, just completely embraced that. Actually, when I first moved back to England, so I always say last year, but it was now the year before. (laughs) Yeah. Last year just flew by. um, But yeah, when I moved back, I moved back in October and obviously that's coming into our winter and I remember saying to one of my friends, it's so it's so hard to be outside. I miss being in Sydney where it was just so easy to be outside all the time because it's, even in winter, it was a lot warmer than it is here. And my friend just was quite, just put a coat on. And it's, it sounds so <laughs> obvious, but I just realized that, that I just, I was missing being outside. When I first moved back, I just wasn't going outside and I was missing it so much. And all I had to do was put a coat on. So I spent most of this year just with I don't know if you've seen my yellow hat (laughs) hat. and 
And yeah, I honestly don't know what I would have, like it, it's, it's been my, yeah, I just don't know what I would have done without my early morning walks. I actually like that as almost like a metaphor when you're just like, when life gets hard, like just put a coat on. Like I think we can make parts of our life just seem so much harder than what they need to be where you could literally, like you said, you just layer up and go out and do the thing, like almost stop putting the excuses and the barriers there. Yeah, I remember, I can't remember where I read this or heard it once, and it was someone saying that as humans, we constantly seem to want to make things difficult for ourselves. And the person gave the example of um, wanting to plug your phone in or plug a, a lamp in, but there was a table in the way. So every time you went to go and charge your phone, you had to like <laughs> dislocate your arm to plug it in behind the table. And then one day they just moved the table. And it, it, but I think we do that a lot, don't we? We don't take these really simple steps um, yeah. that make our lives much easier. And I think, like, as much as um, and we were just talking earlier about being in lockdown can be quite hard, it has made us have to just make some of those changes to make life a little bit easier because, like you've said, the outside has been your lifeline during lockdown and it's definitely been mine. And I think a lot of people have done that when it's, yeah, like the only thing that you can actually do um, different in your day is that you just you stop making the excuses yeah I think so and it's I think there's some people who have have said things like um oh where are all these people come from that are now um they're just deciding they like walking yeah <laughs> you hear people say things like that and it's like well maybe they they've just got time and and they've realized how important it is to to do that like yes. I've heard a lot of people yeah it's good that lots of people are outside and enjoying nature it's where we're yeah. meant to be <laughs> mm-hmm. so like you said you were um in sydney and you've gone back to england and we actually met um was you were in sydney so how did you get from the uk to sydney what brought you to australia so since as soon as I left school I have traveled quite a lot and it was just my thing I I kind of lost my way slightly towards the end of school and um I I I didn't go to uni and I'm not saying that's the only way that you can go but I went to an all-girls private school and and that's the way that most of us went but for whatever reason I just I hadn't even applied to uni and then um I actually worked on an ice cream stand for six months and then went traveling I went all around Southeast Asia um, and and I kind of for a few years I did that I worked and then traveled so I went to India I went to America um, when I was in America I studied macrobiotics have you have you heard of macrobiotics no um, what's that it was founded by someone called Michio Kushi it's all and I'm sure if someone who studies macrobiotics listens to this <laughs> they'll be like this is the worst definition of it ever but it's a lot of um, very a lot of ideas which I still really agree with in terms of seasonal eating a lot of brown rice and seaweed very little animal products um miso and fermented foods that kind of thing just really kind of wholesome earthy cooking 
and um, so I studied that for a bit over there then and and that was when I first kind of got really into cooking and yoga as well and meditation over there um worked in a, a sandal shop in Montauk and Montauk is so near New York where the Hamptons are it's on a peninsula and Montauk's right on the very tip so I lived there for I think it was five or six weeks and then I came back and then I was kind of in a bit of a rut with um an ex-relationship I would say and then we, we'd broken up and it just dragged on for a bit longer than it should have and um, it was actually my dad who just said, have you thought about going to Australia? So I was like, thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> Send you uh, the furthest possible place away from him. So the um, plan was to just kind of go for a year and then I didn't come back for sort of five and a half. Um, but no, I, was, I, was in, I wasn't in a great place. And it, it is, some people might say it was running away, but I think I just removed myself from a situation and I don't just mean with him but just I mean the situation that I was in here um, and and yes sprinted to, <laughs> to the other world I did my yoga teacher training in Bali on the way um, and then I think I, I was I worked in au pair in um in for, it was maybe just under a year and I saw a, nu- a nutritionist for the first time and um I kept meeting loads of people who were studying either naturopathy or nutrition at Endeavour, which is the uni where we met, and um, which you obviously know, but <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners, <laughs> um, and 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 yeah, I just I just kind of found myself there, and yes, did did that, and I kind of studied lots of different ways of cooking, and I, food had definitely become my passion, and it kind of was the science that underpinned the, my sort of love for that, um. But, but yeah, really in terms of like food and health and things, I didn't have a great relationship with food for a long time. So, and I, and I think actually that degree is, um, it's what really kind of skyrocketed my healing and moving past my eating disorder, if I'm honest. And I still sometimes can't believe that now the thing that kind of, you know, food that was so toxic and harmful for me for so long, it's now what I what I do for a job it's, it's very bizarre but amazing well they often say that uh, we teach what we most need to learn so I suppose in, in a way that is what has happened for you then like you obviously teach people about that really nice relationship you can have with food yeah yeah which is lovely mm-hmm. and I think you know we've obviously we've done a science degree and so much of our degree was so science heavy and yeah. I'm not gonna lie I didn't find that particularly easy um but it but it but I did find it easy in the sense that I wanted to know it because I wanted to understand but even now having you know now being a nutritionist and I don't know if you find this but it's it's not I don't think it's helpful to just list off all these um all these nutrients and pathways in the body or if obviously if anyone wants to talk about it I'm more than happy to but it's kind of it's making um nutrition and food really accessible and interesting and exciting and and the way that I'm kind of I'm doing that more through recipes and things that's how I've that's how I'm kind of sharing that how did I suppose learning like you said it was very science heavy and 
quite a few different people that I've spoken to like since finishing have said it's definitely changed the way they've viewed food I know it certainly did for myself how has it like changed the way you viewed it then like you said you did have that history with disordered eating like Mm -hmm. how did you get to that point of it allowing to help you heal I think I just I you know that quote every time you eat is an opportunity to nourish your body yeah (laughs) you know it literally every time you eat is an opportunity to nourish your body and there's there's so many there's so much you can do for your body and also your body's doing so much in every second of every day just to keep you alive without you even thinking about it and I just had quite a profound realization of why would I why would I make things difficult for my body does that make sense yep yeah Yeah, I think that's very much I what I like you said it's definitely more than the science but when you understand the magic which is the body which it totally is like when you understand on that very like minute biochemical level you have such a profound I don't even know how to say it appreciation even would be the right word for how your body works and like you said why would you put something into your body that would detract from it being able to do what it does because as much as we can hate on our bodies Um, and the way that they're working or the way they look or the way they present at the end of the day they are just doing nothing but trying to keep us alive (laughs) Um, yeah and sometimes obviously what we do not just the food but it's not just the food we eat and I think that is probably where I've gotten to as well it's like you said it's the whole lifestyle it's the you know activities that we do so like you like you said going out in nature actually feeds the body in a different way that the food does 100 percent, and I think that's I think we've talked about this before of, you know it, it was almost like the nutrition degree was just this this first little bit and then I was like how do I actually how do I how do I inspire people to take on what I've learned and I'm sharing with them how do I inspire them to take that on and and make it their own and and use it to make long-lasting changes in their life that will really benefit their health and their happiness and not everyone's interested in cooking some people don't have time and there's a lot of misconceptions that it's really expensive to be healthy um, or to eat to eat healthily and I think a way that I've found um, is really helpful in in kind of engaging people um, is is just saying you know you might not be interested in in cooking and whatever um, but there might there's there's likely something that you are really passionate about. So whether you're a marathon runner or you have a job that you really care about, or you ha- you're in a relationship that you want to be happy and to work well, the better you feed yourself and the, the better you nourish yourself. So not just through food, but like you were saying, through everything that you do in your life, the better everything works. The better you feel more clear you think the better you sleep like it just it it's like never ending isn't it and I'm not saying I because I I definitely don't and I think lockdown has been interesting in terms of um you know certain things I don't know about you but I definitely found I was drinking a bit more than normal um but it's fine isn't it And, and I had some really I stayed with my auntie for for about maybe about eight months and 
we definitely enjoyed <laughs> quite a few Tuesday night wines and but we had the most lovely like chats and and conversations that were so 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 yes I wasn't having a giant bowl of salad and going to bed by 9 p.m but we just had these really important conversations that I don't know what either of us would have done without so it's it's not always about your conventional what it what does healthy look like it's like what do you need physically emotionally in that moment yeah, absolutely. And I always say that about, like you said, with the drinking, it's how you approach it. Like you're not having it because it was, you know, and this is no judgment because I've definitely done this myself and, you know, can find myself going back to that habit of like, oh, it's been stressful or life is not feeling very great. So you just like grab a drink because it takes the edge off and, I would say like everyone has been there and I think to say that you haven't is just like no one very or very few people live that very wholesome perfect life but again it's not about not having the drink it's about having it in a way that really adds and lights up your life and that's to do with everything like the food it's not about never eating cake again or you know never having a treat or something but it's yeah again about how you're doing it like am I because I mean my disordered eating past has definitely been about um what do you call it binge eating like emotional eating very much still and lockdown has definitely tested that like there has been some hard times and it's been you know a conscious decision not to go and smash down a block of chocolate um because what I actually need is not the block of chocolate. I probably just need a hug, <laughs> like, you know, and by being able to identify that and then enjoying a piece of chocolate on another time where I can actually sit and enjoy the beautiful taste that is chocolate. Like it doesn't have to be this demonized thing. I just think it's about the context. And that's probably where I've gotten to in terms of the way I look at food and, but not just food, like I said, drink what I'm doing, whether I'm sitting binge watching Netflix because sometimes that is good and then other times, you know, you're doing it to, you know, numb the world. And I just think, yeah, how you look at approaching those things. And I think sometimes that numbing is sometimes you need that numbing. So, again, I think if you can, if you can catch yourself and, and think, is this actually what I really want? Is this what my body or my soul or whatever is asking for? Or do I just want to numb myself? And and sometimes I've asked myself in the last year or whatever, and the answer has been like, no, I just want to be numbed. I just want yes. to be disturbed. But actually, I don't have it in me to, um, to not do those things. You know, I don't have it in me to not just, I just want to be numbed and distracted. I don't have the, the capacity to deal with it. And I think that's, again, like you were saying, it's just giving yourself a break and you know move I'm not very good at taking um at taking days off or because my work is I'm at uni at the moment and I I work and I have a few different jobs and so I find it all spills into everything as I'm sure lots of people again working from home it's, it's quite hard to have boundaries well I found that anyway and then when I find when I do have a, a day off or I try and set some time out to have some time off I just give myself such a hard time and I can't enjoy anything. And again, it's, it's just kind of giving yourself permission to do. You don't have to, you don't have, not everything. 
thing has to be this really mindful, wholesome thing. Like you, you don't have to sit there and meditate and sip on a green smoothie and, and journal. Like that's incredible. And, and sometimes that is really helpful. But there are times when um, I just want to binge watch, binge watch um, Netflix yep. or text all of it. <laughs> I know it's a bit. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's just kind of just moving on. Like it's, it's not a big deal. Just take it all with a bit of a pinch of salt. Yeah. yeah, it would be quite hard for you too because your what you do that lights you up as well, like your cooking, is also your work. And you would find that it would be very hard to separate that sometimes. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, we were just talking before we before we started recording about um, this morning I'd been making a cake for a recipe and it's not a paid thing. It was just a collaboration with a brand. And it's been a complete disaster. <laughs> like, I think that with these two quite burned, completely flat pancakes that I need to assemble into a cake. And then, and my icing is a smoothie. And so... <laughs> you know it was I was so excited to do this and, it, and then it's just kind of put me in a bit of a bad mood but I'm, I've snapped out of it now but it, it is very it is it is hard to separate it all and, and it's easy I'm sure even you find this you know with with nutrition and with health and things there are some days like some months for example where I just have the worst PMS or my skin's not great or, or something's going on and I'm like how are you still not understanding your body how are you still getting it wrong you, you've studied this for four years and it's been your passion for like 10 how are you still getting it wrong and um, but I think it's it's just again just being kind to yourself and what works for me isn't going to work for you what works for me today isn't necessarily going to work for me in two weeks or three weeks or next year um, and it's, it's just yeah just being sort of flexible and um yeah flexible and kind based and curious isn't it yeah I think that's the biggest thing it's the kindness and the curiosity because we yeah our bodies are just trying to keep us in our best so if we like you said have extra PMS or our skin breaks out or we're bloated it is our body just trying to tell us something and rather than like you said going to that oh my goodness how am I still not getting this or why is my body still not like doing what it's meant to be doing I'm putting all this great food into it it's like okay well then let's look at something else maybe we have been putting in great food but we haven't been sleeping well or something else and it's just yeah it's really about getting curious and finding different ways because it will change um yeah. frequently in terms of what's going on in our lives and let's face it this last year has been super rough <laughs> super uncertain like yeah it, it, anything could have been thrown up I remember um a few years ago so I think I'd been at uni for maybe a year or two and I'd come back to England and then I'd gone to Sardinia sailing with a few friends it was like one of the best holidays I've ever been on in my life that sounds absolutely um, amazing it also sounds really flamboyant but it was, yeah. it was it was one of the cheapest holidays I've ever been on in my life we just <laughs> these two um sailing boats and everyone and the, the a few people who we were with they had all their qualifications so it was literally just I think it was about 20 of us on these two boats and we slept on the deck every night this sounds like I'm going off on a complete tangent and I kind of am but um whole time I was awake I honestly think I had about 500 mils of water <laughs> for the entire week we just we just drank Prosecco all day, every day, eight crisps, um, 
not a very conventionally healthy week at all. And I remember coming back and I was like, oh God, my skin's going to be awful and I better put on like half a stone or something. And I got back and I'd lost weight. My skin was the best it had been in, in so long. And it just was just a reminder that it's not all about, like, like you say, it's just another reminder that it's not just about the food that you eat. It's so much more than that. And I just had the best time ever. I'm not saying that, we, you know, we can spend our lives sailing, but it's like, how can you recreate that? I just think it's so important. I was around amazing people um, in the sun, just not worrying about, stop worrying so much. And it, and my body just was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. I think that's got a, a lot to do with it. I feel like we're all excusing ourselves. Every, I say a sentence and I'm like, oh, today's a bit shit. And then I'm like, oh, wait, but I understand that, that, that lots of people have it worse than me. And I think we've just got to kind of, yes, have perspective and, and be aware that it could be worse but also this is where you are and just it is it is hard for all of us in different ways and I think stop diminishing how you feel because someone else has it worse yeah yeah that is so very true and I've actually given that advice to other people but we don't always take on our own advice do we (laughs) um now if it's okay I'd like to circle back and ask about your disordered eating because I also think that it's very interesting for other people to like hear and understand that as nutritionists we don't always come from you know the perfect background and they probably would already realize that as we've spoken about drinking Prosecco sailing on boats (laughs) Um, but yeah can if you're comfortable can you dive into that a little bit more in terms of like what it was for you um how it played out so it started when I was 17 but I I do think there were things that led up to that and I think with me it was quite a delayed reaction to my parents divorce um and when that happened I just think everything changed and um I was kind of trying so even though it didn't start until I was 17 there was another big kind of um, disruption when I was 17 and I I can't even remember how or why I thought it was a good idea um just to kind of um binge and then make myself sick and 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 that happened and then it nothing happened for a while I just kind of went oh god that's a bit strange that I did that and then kind of over the next year it it kind of became more of an established thing that I did and yeah, I think, so like I said, it was it was a, a delayed reaction to my entire life. Just suddenly everything that I knew and everything that I believed to be true about my life and the world and marriage and love and the permanence of all of that, it was just, it just didn't exist anymore. Um, and we were coming up, so coming up to the end of school and big exams. We I don't know what you call them in Australia, but our A-levels are the exams that you do kind of towards the end of school. And then, like I say, people people were making decisions about uni and I just hadn't even thought about it. And there was a lot of pressure coming from school, um, like all girls private school, but and no disrespect to my parents at all, but there wasn't that much um, guidance at home. And I understand now that I'm older, they were going through the repercussions of a divorce and and trying to cope with a split family themselves and 
all the other things that we have to deal with as human beings on it on a day-to-day so yeah I think it in it, it just became this routine and this ha- habitual thing that I did um something to hold on to that was constant when everything around me was um changing and I and I ha- I just felt like I had no control of, of anything that was going on around me I didn't know what I wanted to be I didn't know you know <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up I didn't know who I was or even how I wanted to talk like yeah. um, I I sort of I when I was this is a funny story so when I was younger I used to say after in bath I had a really well-spoken accent and just when I was saying before about how I think before it my eating disorder was becoming a thing long before it actually became a thing if that makes sense yeah I just was always I just I was bullied and then changed my accent so I just was so unsure of, of who I was and then all of a sudden I invented this this thing which was my eating disorder which I just clung on to um because it was and obviously it was horrific but it was it was my thing that I could then I not identify with because no one knew for years mm-hmm. but it was you know if, if anything went wrong it was like oh well you've got this you do this all the time so that's why it was like an excuse as well at the same time. But yeah, no one knew for years. And I think one day I remember trying to tell my boyfriend at the time and he literally said, oh, stop, that makes me feel sick. So, um, and I, I, you know, you think sometimes, gosh, if, if he'd reacted differently to me saying that, things could have been very different. And I just, I just thought, oh, maybe it's not a big deal. Just kind of get on with it. And then no one knew for years. And then I think my dad found out because he, he, my dad kind of, he found out. And then <clears throat> suddenly when, suddenly when my family knew, all of a sudden I was like this bulimic person. And before I just got on with it, but it just added this whole strange level that, that felt so much worse. Um, and then I tried loads of different things, um, NLP, I was in and out of hospital, seeing different nurses and doctors. One nurse was awful and basically told me I was an attention seeker and there was nothing wrong with me. Um, so that was helpful. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, and and then it just, like I say, I was, so maybe how old was I at this point? About 24, that's when I went to Australia and it was still very much a thing. And then I think the whole shakeup of moving across the world, it faded a bit and then it kind of came back um, again quite badly. And then I don't, I was actually diagnosed with bipolar at one point, but I think I was just so like starved and imbalanced that I you know, don't necessarily think I was bipolar. And I went on mood, sta- mood stabilizers and that really helped me you know, when we were saying before about numbing, yeah, I think I needed to be numb for a while. And that really, really helped with that. And then, yeah, like, then I was suddenly immersed in uni and learning about the amazing scientific, everything to do with my body and how it worked. And then it just really slowly faded away. And um, yeah, and like this year, and I feel so, so grateful. And I feel so much for anyone who is you know, experiencing an eating disorder at the moment, it, it must be so difficult and so confronting. And it's very, being at home and being surrounded by food constantly, it, it must be incredibly difficult. But I feel so grateful that I am not there at this time. I even feel uncomfortable saying that because I know <laughs> there are so many people who are. 
but yeah that's sorry I went on that's quite a long no that was really good and thank you for sharing because I know it's not an easy thing for anyone to talk about like the deep parts of themselves like you are quite exposing it um but I think like you said and especially with people at this time you it was you literally said it was like a routine that you could do to help create some certainty when life was so uncertain and yeah yeah, it just that time of your life too like what a I mean if anyone can remember back to the end of high school it's not the easiest time and then like you said sure your parents might not have got divorced right at that time but it's not like none of that stuff is is easy to go through and everyone deals with that in a different way that must have been incredibly hard yeah and I think um we never talked again like no no disrespect to my family at all but we never really talked about things it just kind of happened and then and and I'm sure this happens in loads of households um but yet nothing was ever really talked about and it's only really been now at the age of 31 that I'm like oh right okay yeah actually that was that's probably why that happened yeah and I know a lot of people say you know oh like childhood trauma and all that kind of stuff but and they almost like some people I use it as an excuse um and go that way other people like to fully dismiss it and like or you know stop using that as an excuse um and sort of blow it off but again that just comes back to those parts of us that we need to be kind to like there's always that that little person still inside us that just really wants to crave love joy and certainty yeah I think so and I think it's I used to talk about it quite a lot on Instagram or you know I would I would mention it more and I and I haven't for a long time I don't I don't really know why it hasn't really been a conscious um a conscious decision but I think if me talking about it because I actually can talk quite openly about it now um but if one person listening to this can hear that it can be okay and then that's literally why that's why I talk about it that's why I do what I do and whether you have a full-blown eating disorder or you just have some kind some level of disordered eating which I think so many people do um it's possible to move past it and just to find like a bit more joy in in life not just life but um how you eat and what you put on your plate and how you feel about yourself and that is, it just all does come back to how you, how you feel in yourself because self-love, I think it, it's, it's banded about constantly. And it is, of course, it's an incredible thing that we all need to try and cultivate. But I think to me, it's just even more just, just accepting, just, just, just kind of accepting who I am and, the more I accept who I am and I and I go after what I want to do every day and, and, and bigger goals and things and the more that I want to fuel my body in a way that allows me to do all of those things so it becomes actually less and less about food. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like what you said there about that self-love is about acceptance. It's not... It's really about like seeing all the parts of you, those nice shiny bits, but also those 
those bits that can be a little bit shadowy and not so great. But it's really about seeing all of that in yourself and loving yourself for it and accepting yourself for it. And it's not to say that you might not want to change some of those parts of you, but love them whilst you're doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And and what will you learn along the way as you're as you're um, changing or, or as you're growing and evolving? What can you like? You learn something every step of the way. Absolutely, and I mean, like when you think about it, I remember what I was like as a older teenager finishing high school oh my god you think you know so much about the world and yourself (laughs) and then you get to 30 and you realize you had absolutely no idea and that's when you I think it's almost like a a time and I I know they say that it's your Saturn return and I get all very astrology about it but it is it's like your Saturn return happens around that sort of 29 30 age and you can see it's Something happens around that time that just makes you learn so much more about yourself. Yeah. It's crazy. I feel like I know, I feel so much more um, at home in my, in my own skin and I, I know so much and I understand so much more about myself and, and why I am the way I am or why I think the way I think about certain things. But then in terms of the world and other people, I feel like, I know even less because yes. I know because I because I know how much there is to know, you know, and I, and I use myself as the, as the example. I know how many layers there are to myself. I'm just like, oh my gosh, how how can I ever understand where another human being is come coming from? <laughs> exactly. I think it's just you just got to take all the, a bit of a pinch of salt and. And try not to take things personally and not be too obsessed by what people think. That's a huge thing with me. I, I was, and I still do this to a degree sometimes, um, where I, I, I worry about how people have taken what I've said. And I'm like, did they get that in the way that I meant it? But actually, I, I think it's so hard for that to ever happen because we all, we all hear things or see things through the lens that our lives and our experiences have um have built if that makes sense yeah and it depends how you feel on the day like you know if I'm feeling a little bit testy and someone says something to me I could take that in such a different way than if I was in a spot where I was all like light love and joy and someone could say the same thing to you and that's totally different and I just Mm -hmm. think it's really about those parts of us that we don't love and if you're one of those people that you know experiencing any kind of, I don't know, like whether it's um, disordered eating or anything that you think, you know, you don't love about yourself, rather than beating yourself up about it, just like you say, still get curious about like what is it that's, you know, kind of making you come into these patterns or have a bit of kindness about yourself whilst you're doing it. It always comes back to that kindness and curiosity that we spoke about right at the beginning in terms of yeah don't don't beat yourself up and and hide those parts of yourself yeah I think definitely in terms of disordered eating as well you know I worry sometimes when I speak about it how how would this be taken by could this be triggering for anyone um and, and I think you exactly what you just said there it's like right well maybe what this what this person is saying is not relevant to me but is that anything in what she's just said that I can apply to myself or my own situation 
Yeah. I think that we can do that with anything, can't we? Yeah. Um, and I just want to go back to when you said about like using the mood stabilizers to help you because I do know there's a massive, I don't know, almost like polyps that like, you know, if you're into natural health, you can't, you know, appreciate Western medicine and there does seem to be sometimes some friction between the two. But I just want to acknowledge the fact that when you use like the tools that we have available to us and in your instant, it was the mood stabiliser. And yes, okay, if it had to get you to a place where you just felt a little bit numb to be able to then move through that, I just want to acknowledge how important that can be for people too. It's not always about, you know, doing quote unquote the right thing or what someone else has said you should or shouldn't do. It is really about doing what is right for you to help you heal in in any situation, not just with disordered eating, but anything in general. I think it's so, so important that you just said that. Um, So there was those and then there have been a couple of other times in my life where I've taken antidepressants and sometimes they've they've really, really helped and sometimes they haven't at all. And I've been lucky enough most times to realise quite quickly when they're not, it's not right. Um, But that there's such a stigma and I just, it really concerns me that, that there is that, that that stigma exists. And I think, of course, I think it's so important to, to do lots of, so not just take the medication, but what else are you doing? Like once that's, once that's kind of kicked in and you're, um, what else are you doing to support that? So how are you eating? Are you, are you exercising and going outside <laughs> doing all the things that, which maybe seemed a bit overwhelming before, before you started taking uh, the medication if that's what you're doing but also in the same in the same time you know if you're, you're eating really well don't try not to forget about your sleep it's like you know it all it all feeds into one but I think that's so important that you said that yeah I just I don't love the whole <laughs> you know not being able to do one or the other like I just think they really do combine especially with conditions that have lots of layers to them which a lot of lifestyle conditions do um nowadays there is it's not just like one thing it's not just a pill or a better way of eating or getting more sleep it is usually quite a a few layers and yeah just having support in all those areas is so important and if you have a long-standing chemical imbalance then you absolutely it's so important to to address that yeah it doesn't matter how much um, sauerkraut you're going to eat for your gut health there comes a time where like it does I mean like that definitely 100% better gut health does help your moods and oh. all that kind of stuff like we know that but like you said if it's long-standing we need to get in there and get that balance so then we can start doing all the other stuff it's that balance between not just a quick fix which we all, I know I think we've all become very accustomed to but, but sometimes you do just need a quick fix and yeah. or it, it's a bit of a leg up to then continue the fixing. I say the same, like when I have people like, I mean, like you, I love using like food as medicine and I think there's so many nutrients and stuff we can get out of it. But there is people that I have seen that have had, say, particular nutrient deficiencies that you know have been around for a while. And yes, we can definitely get that from a lot of our food, but Sometimes, again, they need that in a supplement form to be able to 
boost them back up to level to then be able to maintain it. It is no different. I don't, or in my mind, I'm sure some people out there would disagree, but in my mind, it's no different. It's, yeah, looking at the individual in front of you and what is best for them. I totally agree. I think that's a really important point. Um, and I just want to also ask you, so obviously you went into your disordered eating when you were uncertain and mm-hmm. this year has definitely rung up a lot of uncertainty, uh, a lot of overwhelm for people. So how do you manage that now? So like I was saying before, um, I just go outside. <laughs> so whether it's snowing or raining or freezing cold or the middle, not, not the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, you do have, I've seen your pictures. Oh, I mean, like, let's face it, six o'clock in the morning in England in winter is like the middle of the night. <laughs> I definitely do do that. Um, I just, it, yeah, so just going outside, walking. I got into, I'm not doing it so much now because it's, quite icy and I've realized I have a bit of a phobia of the ice which is like terrified of slipping so I'm not walking so much um in the middle of the night but um yeah just going outside going for walks and I like to process things on my own and this isn't the case for everyone but I used to be a massive oversharer and at, at this point in my life, especially this year, it hasn't helped to to overshare. And so I've been trying to work through, work through things on my own, so kind of on my walks and things. And then if I still feel like I want to speak to someone else, then then, I, then I've been doing that. And um, airplane mode, <laughs> literally, we'll just put airplane mode on for a few days if I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. A lot of what I'm doing for work at the moment as well is, is online and social media. So that's been quite overwhelming. So airplane mode is very, very helpful. Um, it just helps me get a bit more clarity. Going to see Peter and my horse, he just makes everything instantly better. And just being around any animal, actually. And then um, cooking, I, that really helps calm me down. Um, and sleeping. So a lot of people, I have this weird thing where when I'm really, really stressed, I can fall asleep really easily. I don't know if it's like a just a complete avoidance thing, but I just go to sleep. No, but when um, you think about it, like how good A, that you allow yourself to do that. But B, when you think about it, and this is how I suppose where the science degree does help, um, because your body goes fully into like repair mode when you're in that sleeping state. So obviously if you're stressed, it needs to switch back into that repair mode just to allow everything to go back oh my god if more people could or a i suppose not everyone has a luxury to be able to sleep it's a good thing about what we do we can juggle our, our timetables to allow that but i just think amazing that you allow yourself to do that yeah it's more i don't really nap but it's more there's no nothing wrong with napping at all it's more just having like outrageously early nights and that that really helps. Also, I, with in terms of sleep, so I have a bizarre relationship where I, I sometimes, if I'm really stressed, I fall asleep really easily, or I just there's about two or three nights a month where I really, I really basically just don't sleep, and I used to fight that quite a lot. It, it often happens in the week before my period, um, and I just kind of know it's coming now. And actually, instead of lying there getting worried about it, I just kind of get up and do some work and just accept that that's what works for me rather than lying there panicking about it 
That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I reckon if you, um, again, like it's such a pattern and I think I have the same similar pattern. My sleep leading into my period is horrendous. Mm. Like it's just, but I don't feel overly tired from it. Like you would think because you haven't had as much sleep that you'd be like ratty the next day. But yeah, that's very interesting. (laughs) And also um, it kind of ties back in with being outside, but I I love being outside at either end of the day. So like sunrise or sunset, I just, I just love those times of day, particularly just to help me. I don't know. It all just kind of makes, it puts things in perspective a bit for me. Yeah. They're beautiful ones. I hope the listeners can take a couple of those and use them themselves. And if not, just follow Hannah's Instagram because she often puts the beautiful pictures of her walks out on there. So even if you can't get out yourself, you feel like you're out there with her. (laughs) Um, I'm going to ask you too, if you could give 16-year-old Hannah any advice, what do you think you'd say to her? Funny, this question actually makes me quite emotional because... I think it's such any 16 year old it's such a I, didn't, I haven't realized until now how such a full-on time isn't it you've got mm-hmm. so much going on and I think I would say everything that you're obsessing over right now will not matter so in such a short space of time um going back to what we were talking about before just all the little things about yourself that you don't like or the, the things that you're interested in that are weird, they're actually the best bits and do them more and embrace them more. And I think trying to explain the concept of self-love to myself at that age or, or, or to anyone at that age is maybe difficult, but I think it's, it's a way to start to cultivate that just to exactly like you said, just embrace all those slightly odd, peculiar bits of yourself um, and just love every bit of, of you and who you are and then I think I think that's all I would say because I think when when you try and do those few things um I just think it would trickle into everything and and yeah yeah sometimes the most simplest but hardest things to do isn't it Mm -hmm. and ongoing like you need to keep doing that not just at 16 but yeah 26 and 36 I think they're very good advice to give Mm -hmm. And just take take your take yourself seriously and and don't um yeah just take your dreams seriously. Yeah, just because they seem silly doesn't mean that they are. Yeah. Those those yeah, follow those paths that that light you up and and make you sparkle. Yeah. And I've I've had that this year. Um, I had a huge panic at the start of the year and thought I had to rethink my whole career and go into something more conventional. And I'm so glad that I kind of rode that wave and, and didn't necessarily do that because I, I know that what I'm doing now is exactly what I want to do and I would be so happy to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I think that's the – it's having the courage to be able to stick with your dreams sometimes, isn't it, no matter how crazy they might seem or other people. And especially if you think you go back to 16 – a lot of people tend to have advice to you in, in what they think is the right way to do things. Like you said, go to uni, get your degree, go in and get a job. But that's not for everyone. It's not what lights everyone up. And sometimes it takes exploring the world <laughs> to be able to find what lights you up. And I do, just on that note, I accept that I, I feel very grateful to have been able 
to do what I've done and, and live the life that I have. And, you know, it's been a combination of just, I have worked very hard to be able to do it. Um, but also I accept that not everyone's able to do that. But but I think it's, it's just, you know, even now I'm back and we're in lockdown, it's trying to ha- cultivate a little bit of adventure like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did the same. Like, I mean, I came over to England and well, I, didn't, I didn't come with any plans to do anything in particular, <laughs> much the same way you went to Australia. I was <laughs> running away from things. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I got here with not, you know, plans, but, I mean, like being this close to Europe, I thought 2020 would have been full of, like, adventure, like to Europe. I mean, hey, we live, what, five hours drive away from each other we haven't even seen each other like it's crazy just how much things like haven't happened this year but like Mm -hmm. you said for me I tried to make adventures closer to home I would go on different walks and yeah it's about approaching that in, in different ways so rather than discovering new countries I hadn't been to why can't I just discover a different you know path that I can walk on my daily walks and see different houses and you know come across a random babbling brook and all those different things it's just the way way you look at it and I think I've had the most so on my walks or I've just had the the most lovely conversations with people this year I think more more than ever people are saying hello a bit more when you're out and about and and I just I think that's really important and and making time to listen to, um, you might be in a, in a rush or whatever, but this happened to me like a couple of weeks ago, I was down at the um, at the beach for sunrise and there was a lady there with a puppy and she just opened up and just was telling me how she'd really been struggling. It wasn't, it wasn't very full on, but it was just lovely that she just, it was just a really nice exchange. And I was like, I just think she really needed that. And it was, it was so lovely to be able to, speak to her about that and um, but yeah just having conversations with people and um listen to their stories and I just think that's so important and I hope it's something that we all keep doing long after long after things return to me <laughs> that's interesting in one way we've been more disconnected from people but in other ways it's also brought some different ways of connecting or different types of connecting closer Mm-hmm. my friends and I have been writing letters to each other which <laughs> old school <laughs> the zoom quizzes I just I kind of reached my limit <laughs> yeah it's definitely not the same but I mean how nice would it be to get excited when the um mail comes through the door yeah lovely she sent me a little face mask which is very nice and <laughs> Uh, very cute now before I go into the final questions can you let listeners know where they can find you how they can work with you anything you have coming up yep so my as you mentioned my Instagram is gypsy kitchen and there's an underscore between each word Um, and I share lots of recipes and just kind of um like you said pictures of sunrises and Peter I feel like my whole Instagram is just food and Peter and, and sunrises 
Um, I do personalised, um, they're not really meal plans, they're kind of like recipe plans. So I speak to people about their um, kind of health goals and just the food they love and don't love and then come up with something really lovely for them. Um, and I've had some really good feedback about that. So, and then other than that, I have, like I said, I've got quite a bit on at the moment. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of recipe development with brands and things. Um, but yeah, that, at the moment, and later on in the year when I've when I finish the course that I'm doing, I'll be I'll be doing more online consultations and things. Savvy, and I really highly suggest going and absolutely getting lost in Hannah's Instagram. It is honestly inspiring and beautiful, and the way she makes food look, you cannot help but fall in love with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just try and make it lovely because I think we all need lots of loveliness in our lives at the moment you can tell you put love into your food it like shines through it <laughs> even my burnt pancake cake yes <laughs> <laughs> I bet you won't even look like that by the time it goes up into photographs <laughs> okay so final questions how do you sustain strengthen and nurture your life I mean, I feel like I've answered this with every question, but it, it really is just kind of being outside and, um, and yeah, just being in nature. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that, that literally is, is it for me. And um, being in nature and, and connecting with other people. Yeah. Lovely. And what are you currently doing in your life to find your hum? Um, I am, like I said before, in terms of taking my passion seriously um, and really, really getting into cooking and doing more recipe development with brands and and all of that. Is, and I feel so excited about it. And um, I want to do a recipe book soon. And, yeah, just really nurturing that every day. Oh, my God, a recipe book would be amazing. Definitely do that. Porridge born. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. You haven't actually put a lot of porridge up recently. Do you know, I, was, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> that has. That, that, I noticed that as well. It's actually International Chocolate Cake today, and I had a chocolate porridge this morning but didn't take a picture of it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's okay. That means I'm going to definitely um, – it's funny because I've been like doing a bit of food planning myself um, in terms of for my, for my own thing to make sure I'm staying on track because, hey, even as nutritionists, we don't always eat the best. <laughs> um, and I've got down a smoothie bowl for dinner tonight. So now I'm going to make it chocolate and just put yeah. chocolate on top and chocolate on top of that and maybe some crushed lamington that I had yesterday. Why not? <laughs> oh, I love that. Can't believe I didn't know it was National Chocolate Day. It's the perks of working for um I work for a company that makes healthy baking mixes, so I have to stay I have to stay up to date on things. <laughs> I love that. All right, thank you so much, Hannah. This has been absolutely delightful. Thank you for sharing your time and a little bit of you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to speak to you. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it. <laughs>